Squadcast. The Tag Digital Podcast. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boy. Hello and welcome back to the Tag Digital Squadcast with me, Steph and Jamie. Hello again. Hey, how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, and we've got an exciting guest today. Yeah, we do. Welcome to Stuart. Hey, Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, yeah, good, thank you. It's great to have you on. That's great to be here. Yes. Good to be introduced to the podcast. Yeah, so maybe we'll start off with a little bit of an intro to who you are, what you do, so that it gives a bit of background for what we're going to chat about today. Yeah, great. So I'm Stuart. I work on the Google team. Uh, I've been working with Tag for about a year now. And fun fact, we we're just talking about it. I have a cute cat called Tiggs. <laughs> He's a little <sighs> old man now, but uh, yeah. Oh, how old life. is he? He is 12 now, I believe. Is he? Oh, right. So you said sure. he was retired, so I can understand why. I thought he was a young cat, but... No, no, he's, he is getting on a little bit, oh. but uh, no, he's, he's very sweet. He's a great cat, but... Is he a, a fluffy cat or a... Like one of the oh. short hair ones. No, no, he's definitely fluffy. He's yeah. a big, big. A little fluff. bit lazy as well. He does a lot of lying about in the sun. That's right. his favourite thing to do. <gasps> this actually makes me really happy because I could talk about cats all day, but I appreciate appreciate that most people actually don't like cats. Is that right? It depends. I, I wasn't actually that much of a cat person before I got Tiggs, but he's kind of turned things around for and me. I think they, I'm right down the middle yeah, now. Yeah, they become a part of the family, don't yeah. they? So it upsets me when people say they don't like all cats. I like all animals. Yeah, okay. I thought you didn't like cats, actually. I love cats. Oh, well, that's yeah. good. Okay, so I like that you introduced a fun fact. Didn't even have to ask, so you're welcome anytime. Right, so some quick fire questions. I've been hiding my piece of paper from Stuart. Okay, are we ready? Ready. Ready to go. Okay. Sunbathing or skiing? Sunbathing. Me too. Love it. Jamie's like, nope. I like both. Yeah. Skiing's too expensive. Yeah. But fun. And I get too cold, I get really, really cold hands. I'm exactly the same. I'm more of a summer person than a winter person. Mm -hmm. Gets to this time of year and I'm just, you know, know. time to hibernate. Yeah. Wake up in summer. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Okay. Malteser cake or Rocky Road? Oh, Malteser cake. You know what inspired me with this question? Mm. The place up the road, a little coffee shop up the road. They had lovely cakes. I saw you taking notes when we were in there getting coffee. <laughs> actually was. I took my note my notebook to the coffee shop this morning. Okay. Ping pong or mini golf? Oh. I'm better at ping pong. So I have to say ping pong. I thought you were going to say ping pong. I Has thought that was going to be easy, actually. I don't ever see you play mini golf in the office. We've got a little mini golf. Not mini golf, what do you call it? Golf mat. It's just a putting mat, yeah. A putting mat. Mini golf. <laughs> putting mat and a ping pong table. And Stuart is an active oh, player yeah. on the ping pong table. An active ponger. Yeah. Can't help myself, it's great. Yeah, good exercise. Okay, Instagram or Facebook? Ooh. Mm, Instagram. I think I spend okay. more time on Instagram. You were very hesitant earlier when we asked you if you had Instagram, and I'm wondering what the secrets <laughs> are. So I'm going to definitely add you on Instagram now. Okay, last question. If you're an animal, what would you be? Not a cat. Oh, a tiger. Okay, why? Part of the squad, aren't I? And they're cute. Got to rep, and they're yeah. cute. Oh, and yeah. Cute. You are a tiger, That's your squad. Right, yeah. Yes, okay. We have squads at work, so 
Stuart is one of the tigers. So that's exciting. Okay, cool. Squadcast, the Tag Digital Podcast. Okay, so as much as I could chat all day about those questions, um, we're going to chat today a little bit about optimising the customer journey. So we've got Stuart here to chat a bit more about this as the expert there. So why is optimising the customer journey so important? We'll start with you, Stuart. Yeah, well, you know what? I think the customer journey itself is one of the most important things full stop. It's all about trying to understand your customer needs, which I think is the key thing in any kind of marketing realm. You need to make sure that you know what your customer wants. So things like understanding their needs, habits, um, just more or less understanding the content that they want to see as well is a huge part of it. Um, Another part that's really important is friction points. I think that's something that with any website and just any sort of process you're always going to come across, whether it be sort of ticket prices or whether the dates are right for the individual. Um, Being able to understand that is really important Um, and it's just about trying to understand if you can take as many of those barriers away as possible. I think that will make the whole process so much easier from start to finish, not just for your customer but also for yourself. It's about trying to refine that. And I guess that kind of takes you on to the next point of opportunities to improve your approach. Um, Being able to really listen to customer needs and also hearing the feedback on what maybe doesn't work well. Being honest about that as well is really important to just sort of speed up that process of refining that customer journey. Yeah, I think with customer journeys, people often don't even know where to begin with that. Mm -hmm. So it's just difficult people know that they they need to focus on the customer but they're really just thinking where do i start so do you want to go into a bit more detail on where people can start when they're looking to improve their customer journey yeah so best place to start i think would be the best thing would be um looking at your uh, customer personas uh, that's kind of like the general term for it. so just understanding things like what the demographics are you know their age the location um, any sort of things to do with lifestyle as well what their key interests are is really useful um, it's always something that we need to keep in mind we know we're trying to sort of target these individuals and um, behavior patterns is a huge thing as well that's kind of runs alongside things like the user flow so how someone's actually going to move through your website. Uh, One of the most important points on that front is you need to understand what it is that the client needs to see before they convert. Sometimes that could be like the agenda, see what's what's on, what sort of speakers are going to be at the event, and also how long it's going to run, what sort of value adds are involved in that as well. Um, I think one of the most important points on that sort of tangent is to understand how that all works into the the user journey itself in terms of the three process, three stages, so awareness, right at the very top, making them aware about your brand, your event, then consideration, where they weigh up their options, why should I go to your event as opposed to maybe a competitor, and then also the final point, where they actually take the action and sort of buy the ticket, so um, yeah, I think that's the sort of key points there. Um, Another thing that's maybe useful to speak about would be Sort of the motivations and barriers. Um, I know I've already spoken a little bit about barriers, but things like budget. I know a lot of the clients I work with will be like a high ticket price, which has a huge impact on that user journey. You know, if it's a free ticket, it might be two, three days. If it's a paid ticket, you could be maybe looking at two, three months or even longer than that. So just getting a more holistic view of everything within that process from start to finish. And this might seem like a really obvious question, but for people listening who maybe are really thinking, okay, this all makes sense, but what? where am I starting in terms of platform software? 
Are we talking about pulling this from Google Analytics? Is that the main source of truth here for the, um, what you're talking about? I would probably say first thing, even even taking a step back from that, is a lot of our clients probably don't even try the journey for themselves. So that 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 can be a, a very cheap and cheerful way to actually test out the customer That's journey. A good so point. actually put yourself in the people who you're trying to sell your product to put put yourself in their shoes and actually go on the website, put something into your basket, see if there's any kind of sticky points on the website that, you know, wh- is that clear? Have I just added that to my cart and then do I buy that now or is, is there something in the way here? So that can often be, that's where I would start anyway. Um, you know, just put yourself in the user's shoes. You could have the best ads, the best product, but there could be that one point in the journey to conversion that could be actually, you know, stopping them from actually converting because I think we referenced it on the podcast a while back when we were doing the ad world stuff. Um, uh, One of the sessions there was about a guy who was advertising this wallet um, and he noticed a significant drop off between people who are adding to cart and people who are checking out. So he actually phoned up all these people. I know that I wouldn't advise that. Okay, so these people were adding adding this to their cart and then that was, it was just stopping there. Yeah, so, they, they were, so that he identified what's going on. There's a problem between people adding to the cart, so they definitely are interested in it. Why are they not buying it? Mm-hmm. So he actually did a survey with the people who weren't who weren't buying it, but adding to their cart and went, why are you doing that? And he's like, oh, um, I got a bit lost on the website. It wasn't clear where, where I went next. So I went and bought it on Amazon. Exactly. Sort of and this ties in probably with people's attention spans as well. People have very short attention spans, especially at the minute with so much, there's just such, so much content everywhere and people are busy and time poor and they're going through to register for something. And then if they're getting to a point, like you're saying, struggling with the website or something, you're just going to leave it or look elsewhere, like you say. So that's really interesting that yeah. they did a survey. That's a, yeah. that's a clever way of doing it. And um I'm sure you touched upon it as well, Stuart. Like, there's lots of other things we can do to help identify any sticky points in that journey. So, not just setting up the one conversion, but setting up all these kind of secondary conversions in the yeah. background and going. We can see that after people go onto your site from our ads, they're visiting these points, um, and on the website, and the people who go to this page and then this page have a much higher probability of converting. So, we suggest that this is your ideal customer journey. Um, or we can see that so many people are adding to basket, but then they're dropping off. So maybe internally you guys can look at what's going on there. Maybe there's something that we can improve. And that's when we maybe start to look at software as well. Okay. Do you find that our clients are coming to us with these problems or is this something that you just kind of, we obviously are, are well versed with all of this like we know exactly what we're doing here but do clients come to us and say i think there's something wrong with our customer journey there's a block yeah in some ways yes i think it's not as straightforward as i think a lot of the time what we find a lot of the websites that i've worked on one of the key things that shines through to me sometimes is what i would say is content bloat I know it's really easy to try and sell so many different elements about your event, you know, if you've got lots of different shows on, uh, lots of different value adds, but I think one of the most important things to remember is that users, when they land on your site, there's only a very small window where they'll be engaged and be willing to sort of read through your site and find out more. So it's, it's really about trying to um, 
you position your site in a way that hits the key points and if the user wants to find out more they can do it at a later stage you know I think one of the things that I always come back to when I'm speaking to clients is the fact that it takes anywhere between six and eight touch points before someone converts so you don't always want to give everything away in that first touch point you know we've got things like brochure downloads that you could utilize kind of what Jamie just said there about uh, measuring micro conversions if you have a brochure download on there you'll get significantly more of those than you would, for instance, a paid ticket. So being able to leverage that and sort of use learning within Google Ads and across all the different social platforms would make your campaigns a lot more powerful. Um, and it, another thing kind of on that point would be really good to keep an eye on from, a, from I mean, both sides of the fence is understanding what impact a brochure download has on the likelihood for conversion. For instance, if one in 10 people that download your brochure download convert in the end, then there might be an argument to say there should be more of an emphasis placed on pushing people to download that as opposed to going after that end goal. And that kind of brings us on to the point of that customer journey, the awareness, consideration and decision. Sometimes taking a step further up that chain can actually result in better results as you get to the final point. Yeah, that's that's interesting saying that and tying all the content together that you've you've been putting out there. I kind of get the impression that a lot of our clients have all this content they put it all out, but there's there's something there's some missing links there, and that it's not all tied together. They're not looking at the bigger picture, like you say, and seeing that there's a link between the brochure downloads and the the final conversions. They're kind of probably just thinking actually the most important thing here is the conversions, but really we need the other content as well to maybe push them down the funnel. Is that right? Yeah. So quite often, or more often than not, a lot of our clients will just go here's the registration page, send all traffic here. And we have to kind of educate them a bit more on customer journey, like Stuart's just said. So like, for example, it might be fine to send your remarketing traffic directly to the registration page because that customer journey, people have already interacted with your brand. They are have a much higher level of intent or a much, you know, they're, they're, they're brand aware. They know that the event's happening and they, it's might be just top of their mind. Oh, I need to register for that event remarketing straight to registration page cut out any further clicks required whereas if you're sending somebody that's never heard of your brand um, but maybe wants to attend an event that within your industry you're sending them directly to, directly to a registration page having not educated them on exactly what your event is that is you know in our opinion a bad customer journey and that's based on kind of us already trying that and fail and seeing the failures that that may come whereas if we send them to something that's like here's a here's a brochure on our event it's great here's the kind of usps that you that, that we have on show and why you should choose us over our competitors they download that brochure we now have you know some first party data we can retarget to and also you know that's them in the funnel and we can then nurture them down that funnel as well so it's it's kind of touching upon what Stuart's saying there is like based on the user or the customer persona that defines the journey that we should then push them down. Yeah, because otherwise these these people might not be, these users might not be ready to buy and people just think, oh yeah, every single person that's remotely interested in what we're doing are, are ready to buy when they're not. Like you say, you've got to nurture them through that journey. There's no point just chucking everyone onto the landing page, even if they're not ready. Um, okay, cool. So what would you say are some of the most common customer journey problems you tend to see? 
Um, I guess one of the main ones that I tend to see, and we have touched base on it very briefly, but it's it's been able to sort of nurture that user from the first point of contact right the way through to converting. Like the main one would be uh, like on-site issues relating to where do you want that user to go. I think a lot of the key uh, pages that we tend to send people to would be like an agenda page. The home page, you know, something like a Y exhibit. Um, but if you're able to leverage that data, looking at like some maybe Google Analytics, for instance, and create your own like company's perfect user journey, if you can tie that up to what your customer persona looks like, then that is huge. I think a lot of the time it's about taking a step back and trying to simplify things. Um, if you can get rid of the content bloat that's associated in the website, try and minimise the amount of call to actions. I think that's one of the big ones that I see on websites where you know, there'll be maybe three or four different call to actions taking people to very different areas of the website. The difficulty there is you could have someone that's theoretically ready to buy but you might be sending them to the wrong part of the website and then your two minutes of you know engaged viewer viewership is over and they go off and look at a competitor site or something like that so it's it's simple things like that even people probably don't realize the importance of having that one call to action on their yeah. page rather than overloading them with information which then makes them look at it and turn do a complete 180 yeah. especially from like an ad perspective we always make it clear to our clients that our call to action on our ads should always match the page that we're sending it to and just to emphasize what Stuart was saying there we do when you load up a website, it's called when you land on it. It's called um, I think it's called like the first contentful paint. If there's multiple call to actions in there, that is almost guaranteed to be like a bad UX for the user because the first contentful paint is like when you click on it and then without them scrolling, that's what they see. And if they're seeing lots of mixed messages, they're like, "Where do I go?" You should make it clear to them like you've landed on this page from our ad. The ad said book now. The landing page says book now. That's where I'm going. And then hopefully they'll go on and book. Squadcast. The Tag Digital Podcast. Okay, so we've covered quite a lot there. So I think we'll ask you a question which then the the listeners, I was going to say viewers, but the listeners can hopefully take something away from this if if all of that's maybe a little bit too much. But what would you say are some quick wins that our clients can implement straight away to start optimizing their customer journey? Uh, I would probably say something that I've been testing quite recently relates to remarketing pages. And all we discuss sending people to um, the booking page. But one thing that I have been doing recently is testing bespoke landing pages to do with providing content that might not already be on the website. So you have to assume that if someone's coming back to your remarketing campaigns, they have seen most of the content that's on the site. So if there's anything unique, you know, maybe a discount, something to really drag those users back onto the site and get them re-engaged again, I think that's really important. Um, especially if we're just using it on a remarketing campaign. It means we can be very precise with who it is that we want to come back onto the site. We're not offering a deal to everyone. Um, but just trying to kind of reinvent the way that we do remarketing. We're trying to uh, do our best to offer something new. I think we're guilty a lot of the time of sending people back to similar pages. So, yeah, just trying to uh, do something a little bit different is definitely worthwhile. Mine would probably be what I kind of mentioned earlier, but more just kind of going into that more detail. So, actually test the customer journey out for yourself, but not just you. Send it to, you know, 
Janet in finance, somebody that is a bit further removed from the website and the campaign itself, but if they are going through the website and they're getting stuck or they're not entirely sure where to go next, how can you expect somebody else who has never heard of your brand to be able to, to do the same? So um, I would always just take that step back and go, right, is, is there a problem with our user journey? And you can also use, you know, heat map technology, things like that, if you want to get a bit more you know, techno technologically advanced. There's um, some free tools as well that you can you can use f as like the heat maps, can't you? Um, I'm sure that you can get like free trials for them. Most of them are paid. Um, I think like Hotjar is like the most famous one, not mm -hmm. to name drop, but uh, <laughs> not sponsored. Yeah, I know, I was um, about to say, we're not sponsored anyway, so it's fine. Um, so yeah, that I, I would always just try and, in simple terms, just, you know, put yourself in, in your user's shoes. Yeah, and I've got another quick win with regards to, uh, mainly to do with mobile, actually. Um, like one thing that a lot of companies overlook is the fact that most of the traffic nowadays comes from mobile devices and tablets. Um, so it's really important to make sure that your website is built with that in mind. So thinking about what the user journey looks like on a mobile or any other device. You know, a lot of the time we're all guilty for just sort of focusing in on what it looks like on a laptop or on a desktop. But being able to understand what that looks like uh, on different sort of resolutions and uh, how it all comes back to that user journey is really important, I would say. So, Would you say that most traffic at the moment is coming from mobile then? Yeah. Yeah, a mix between mobile and tablet. That seems to be a trend that's been catching on. Tablet uh, as well, that's an interesting one because that's that's something else that people really need to consider, but they probably don't, like yeah. you say. Yeah, all of that kind of stuff you can find on Google Analytics. That's maybe something that I would say to have a look at. Data is key, and being able to kind of really understand that platform is something that will serve you really well in the long term. Cool. Well, we've had a great discussion today, so thanks so much for joining us, Stuart. Loads of great takeaways there, and we look forward to having you on the podcast again soon. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll chat to you again soon. Cheers, Steph. Cheers. Squadcast, the Tag Digital Podcast. Listen to the Squadcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. <laughs>